When was the last time you felt that your body was completely confident and affirmed? When was the last time that your body felt completely confident and affirmed? And when, when did that affirmation leave? How did it go away? I think one of our most precious places of wonder and affirmation of the body is, is when we see babies around us and how they have this glorious emerging discovery of fingers and toes and hands and just all of that. But toddlers, toddlers take it to a next level because their body is their glory. They revel in it. They revel in the belly in particular. You watch a toddler with their belly, their belly. Yes, I have a belly, and yes, it is my source of power. I lead with my belly. I lead with my belly. You know, they have access to it. It is theirs, and it is round and wonderful. They literally are centered in their belly. It is how, part of how they, how very young children take up space entirely as they are. I think it's one of their inherent superpowers. Until they learn otherwise, until they are taught at some point that love can be conditional upon appearance and function and location, until they hear and see and are told that worth is based on certain margins and lines. Until they absorb the message from the constant stream of images and promotions that they should wonder whether their body measures up and whether their sense of self might fall short along with their body. It just, just, just this morning, as I'm finishing putting this together, on my social media feed, there was this ad for weight loss based on intermittent fasting, which may work just fine for some folks. This is not about that. The fasting images were according to body type. You know, it starts with the small belly, but then there's the gluten belly, the alcohol belly, the mommy belly, the hormonal belly. Like, which hormone is going to, are you picking on with that belly? All except small in the imagery were various incarnations of round and protruding, a little up, a little down, a little wide, a little out. And all of those shapes we're entirely, are entirely, within the range of how our human bodies show up, no matter what restrictions we place on ourselves. Now, how, do, how matter, 
how much we control our diet, for example. That belly part of a toddler's superpowers, I think it is a center of strength. It is theirs. And I continually wonder, what can I do to reduce that negative language, that negative self-talk for myself and keep that talk that voice from showing up in how I relate to others, whether it's my children or whether it's people of any age, anybody I encounter. Because once we get that picking on the belly kind of conversation, it takes that much more work to silence those voices. How can I take the effort of welcome and worth that I know is the better course, is the truly healthier course, is the course that I would want for any child, no matter what age we are, and bring it out into the world beyond myself. This month's theme is cultivating relationship, and I wanted to turn to our closest one, that with our bodies, ourselves, and our mind and spirit as as all are interconnected. And one of the most powerful and glorious voices that I've been finding for that is from Sonia Renee Taylor, who is a queer black woman. She is the founder and ex radical executive officer. She says, when you make the company, you get to claim your title. So she is the radical executive officer of the body is not an apology, which is an international movement committed to radical self-love and body empowerment as the foundational tool for social justice and global transformation. I mean, you know, she started over here with a conversation and now has taken it global because clearly we need this conversation. She is a poet, an activist, and a transformational leader. And she speaks about she talks about the radical honesty, the radical vulnerability, the radical empathy. And she goes on to talk about what she means by radical and the kind of the definition of that. You get to get at the core, at the root of the origin of what you're engaged with, the fundamental nature, the radical difference. Radical, and as she was talking about, is like the, the deepest, the most extreme, um, the radical change in policy in a company, for example. Moving away from traditional forms and figuring out what's really needed and wanted. And radical also is favoring drastic political, economic, and social reforms. Radical ideas upending the, the order that has been created, the normal that we have found in this pandemic is not a great normal for so many of us. What exists, radical as what exists inherently in a thing or person, the radical worth inside. She said, we believe self-love is the root or origin of our relationship to ourselves, and we come to this planet as love. I love this almost as much as the body is not an apology. We come to this planet as love, she says. 
And boy, has our planetary experience in recent days been a test of worth and self. In our, in part of what we're working with and, and, and having to navigate in our world, um, however we go forward, whatever phase of pandemic we are going forward into, I think there's there's effort at figuring out the conflict and the messages and the relationships with our bodies and ourselves all over again. From forced confinement and separation, which had deep impact on us, and some of it for good. Some people were able to have safer spaces because they were away from people, as well as the isolation that has led to so much struggle mentally and emotionally and physically for so many of us as well. We've been less, in so many ways, less visible to each other. Because for some folks, being out in the world is indeed a radical act because their body is not the norm, not what is expected. And simply being in the world challenges expectations and assumptions. And so having to be separated from one another has made, in some ways, made us less visible in our daily lives. But what's also happened, and I think the body is not an apology, has been kind of adding a layer, has seen a return of that, or a, a conversation about this. And it's certainly something that I've been learning in the course of the last year or two years is that people are turning to each other wherever they can find connection and are making more connections and discovering more solidarity with one another, discovering stories that they might not have yet encountered by their neighbors physically, but they might encounter a neighbor on the other side of the world who is saying, this is my body and I am worthy. And that's leading to new understanding and new commitment to saying we are all impacted by how we love ourselves. We have legacies and legacies of how our bodies have been regarded and treated. And we know this in talking about oppression and justice in systems. But when it's in our bodies, it is feeling a direct impact of that that author Sabrina Strings brings out one of those pieces of history, uh, one source of fat phobia, for example, that interconnects with so many others. In her book, Fearing the Body, Radical Racial Origins of Fat Phobia. So Fearing the Body, Racial Origins of Fat Phobia by Sabrina Strings. When she was working in healthcare uh, during the AIDS crisis, she was trying to get um, having black women take the drugs that would help take care of their um, help take care of their health while they're HIV positive. And the women, many of the women she was encountering, were refusing to do so because they'd heard that the drugs would make you gain weight. So, so you have these women, black women, who were refusing the drugs that could save their lives because they were concerned about their weight. What a choice. What a choice. And this, this led Ms. Strings to, to do the research. And what she found is that 
way back at the beginning of when African people were brought, uh, enslaved and brought into this land, um, and be among the white Europeans, it was easy to tell who was white and who was black and, and who belonged in what part of society. And that was all by skin color. But as social contact will tend to do, after 200 years of mingling, people were more multiracial and differently had a different range of skin color. It was less distinct. And so over time, there was a gradual, how do we still keep people separate from each other? And 200 years later, after people were in, started to be in this country, you know, people who are of African descent and white Europeans are in this country, you start to hear texts in Harper's Bazaar of how to be white and thin and female, that you control your diet and how to control one's diet so that one could maintain one's thinness, which was also interconnected with whiteness and being female. And that how that gradually became the standard for beauty. And so you have colorism, racism, and fat phobia, and gender all entirely intertwined. And that's just one way that we've received a legacy of messages about our bodies. I want to offer that body positivity, feeling good and better about ourselves, would be one outcome of such a conversation. The body is not an apology. By all means, feeling good about yourself, really important. Recovering some of that that early, early childhood superpower of self, absolutely. But there's a larger point. There's a larger point. We also, whatever we feel about ourselves, there's also the opportunity and the call to go beyond any one of us, but to all of us, to the liberation of all bodies and go beyond, use our bodies to champion everybody's bodies. Go beyond the socialized shame that is one of those waters in which we swim and don't always realize it is there. And we talk about this in church. We talk about the body and our relationship with health as in some ways a radical act, a countercultural act in our society. We have a countercultural act, I'm going to tell you, is happening after service today. Because our whole lives, which is our comprehensive sexuality education program, with programs for every age and stage of life, that we have that coming up in our religious education program starting in November. And this afternoon after service is the parent orientation the parents will be radicalized this afternoon. Hallelujah. Because our whole lives is talking about the ownership of the self, about consent, empowerment, the affirmation of curiosity and discovery and wonder in all these aspects of our lives certainly grounded in the body. 
As my colleague C.B. Beale says, bodies are awesome. Everyone should get one. And we do this work of liberation, getting to the radicalness at the heart of our self-love, because doing so makes it easier, helps us facilitate and recognize when bodies are not respected and regarded, because black lives matter, because disabled bodies matter, older bodies matter, younger bodies matter, female and male and transgender bodies matter, bodies of all shapes and sizes and configurations matter. And the impact of oppression is lived in our bodies. We feel it in every moment, whether we know it or not. As Sonia Renee Taylor says, oppression, the fruits of oppression is on our body. You know, those women in the, H, in the AIDS clinic making a choice against health because of how they've been told to regard their body. Or just in our moment today, who does or doesn't have access to a vaccine, right? There's folks around the world who have not had a chance to be vaccinated because of how health and bodies and value and race have been intertwined. Justice shows up in the body when we are generous, when we give and serve, when we assist one another, when we show up in our community and say racism is wrong, when we show up in our community and want to offer a better quality of life and be part of listening to others who have to, who know where their quality of life, what that should look like, and then go and say, how can we help make that better together? Justice shows up in our body when we resist our own shame. Justice shows up in our body when we resist our own shame and see the internalized shame around us and recover the superpowers within us and practice what we call for, the liberation, the expansion of freedom, the love that is inclusive, the growth in mind, body, and spirit, and being part of building a beloved community within ourselves, around in our circle, and out and all around to do our part to help heal the world. The body is not an apology. And we are here as embodiments of love. Let us live that and practice that for ourselves and out into the world. Amen. <laughs>